0: Hello, Merry Christmas, and Happy New Year, everybody listening. Welcome back to the Perth to Paisley podcast. This is episode number 26, and it is the first in 2021. Sadly, COVID's still a thing, the world's still in a shit place, but it's a new year, so hopefully it will get better. And whilst it's a new year, we are still here the exact same. I am, as always, one of your hosts, Daniel McIver, and I am joined by my usual friend, Adam Kennedy. Adam, how are you doing? I'm not too bad, thank you, Daniel. Yes, Happy New Year to you and to
1: all the Heart and Midlothian family listening into this podcast. So here's hoping
0: that uh, 2021 brings some better fortunes for us all. Absolutely, and the same to you. However, you may be thinking, where were you guys last week? Because we had planned uh, to do a podcast about specifically the air game, because that was when we were going to be back uh, and previewing the Growth game. However... I will pass it over to my co-host, Adam, to detail why we took a very justified week off.
1: Yeah, no, it's uh, it's brief story time with me, if you like. Um, a few days before Christmas, my sister had tested positive for uh, COVID, and so me and my parents felt as though we needed to get checked out. Um, so the three of us, Rocked up to Edinburgh Airport on Christmas Eve Because that's of course where you want to be spending your Christmas Eve And doing exactly what you want to be doing on Christmas Eve Um, So yeah, my my dad, my mum and I obviously all got tested um, come At Christmas- Edinburgh
0: Airport?
1: Yeah, there's a test centre out at the airport Did you I know didn't that? know that, no Oh mate, honestly, we got there on Christmas Eve It looked like something from like an apocalypse Like everybody's <laughs> in like their high visits It's pitch black And it just, it felt like the beginning of the end, honestly. It was horrible. Um, And then come Christmas Day, uh, we obviously all got our our tests back. Uh, My mum and I tested negative. My dad tested positive. Um, So then in kind of the next few days, we obviously took took as much care as we could. Um, But I was adamant that I had it around sort of the 27th, 28th. Um, I was roasting one minute, freezing the next my legs felt constantly heavy and i barely wanted to leave my bed didn't want to eat drink a thing um so then my mum and i went to get posted uh, went to get tested again on the 29th and that's when i obviously tested positive found that out on the 30th so fingers crossed that i'm over the worst of it now um i can only apologize for the lack of popper predicts obviously you were great in allowing the the podcast to be postponed a week and yeah so i've hopefully i've got through it now so sorry for that kind of long explanation Um, i just want to wish you all very well and remind you all to be careful obviously it is a shit time it's not nice picking it up but it's it's one of those things so sorry for hogging air time there mate did you uh, did you have a nice christmas and new year or nice as can be
0: well before we get to that first of all Please don't apologise for having COVID and (laughs) having to derail the podcast. Because we might have made a dog work on Christmas, but I'm not going to make you work through COVID.
1: Thanks very much. Uh, That's very much appreciated. But yeah, no, Dusty and I were were happy to work that that Christmas shift. But obviously, I felt (laughs) like it was on death's door the next few days. So
0: so didn't bother. Well, I'm very glad to hear... That you're doing better. Yes, it was as good a Christmas and New Year as you can currently have in these current times. And as we are recording this, we are literally mere hours after finding out that Scotland in particular, but what is probably going to happen in the next hour is that England as well are going into a full lockdown until at least the end of January. Obviously, it's a rubbish time. It has been a rubbish year, basically. We're almost coming up to a year of when we all had to start working from home, etc., etc. So just, I know it's kind of not the start to the podcast we normally have and not the one that you'd imagine you have at the start of the year. However, as Adam very correctly said, stay safe in this lockdown. Please don't leave your homes if you don't need to. Just look after each other and we'll all get through this. And what we will get through this with, thankfully, at least for the short term, it's still professional football. Before we get into anything that has happened in the time we've been away, how happy are you to hear that professional football, at least for now, is going to be continuing?
1: Listen, it's a it's a consolation. Um, However, <laughs> given Hearts' recent performances, it's not much of a consolation. Um, but no, it's good. I, listen, it's what people want. And I think that's something that shouldn't be underestimated, kind of, for me, hearts are a decent breakaway. I know that I know we're, we've not been performing in recent games, but it is a breakaway from all the shenanigans. So it's amazing what your team can do for your own mental well-being. So very pleased that that's the case. Although I don't think, to be honest, folk in positions of power were left with much alternative, really. I think... Because it, it is just such a morale boost to everyone. Um, so no, buzzing, just like hearts to kind of get the finger out what about yourself
0: i'm basically the same i actually totally i disagree i think if they want to cancel it they very very quickly will. of course we're not no of course i just mean
1: like generally i think it's such a morale boost that is when your team's performing oh of
0: course yeah definitely and i was about to say we're not a general football podcast but we would be remiss in mentioning the fact that currently celtic football club are in dubai which is just an absolute fucking yeah it's an it's insanity that that's happening but nevertheless Hearts for now are still continuing to play games and in the two weeks we've been away they've played quite a few games so this podcast we're going to be detailing the three games that we've played previewing the potential upcoming Scottish Cup game that kind of is now up in the air due to the fact that junior football is not happening however we don't know what the Scottish Cup rulings are, but we will then finish on potential January transfer targets as the window is now open. However, we do go back to Boxing Day where Air United turned up at Tynecastle and I'll be completely honest, I cannot remember the team that started. However, Adam, we were very comfortable to an extent in that first half period. How did you feel about it?
1: It's funny, isn't it,
0: talking about games
1: that were only a matter of weeks. It genuinely feels like it was a lifetime ago that we were discussing Harps games. <laughs> but uh, but no, it, I think the air game for the most part, despite that scare, that second half scare, was... I don't want to say routine, because we ultimately did make hard work of it, but it's... It's as decent a win as we could have hoped for. I mean, we scored five goals at home. And granted, they weren't all screamers. Um, <laughs> that's being kind. But, uh, it, listen, we, we got the win. But I, I don't know what more you want me to say. Obviously, if we're going into it, we perhaps could have scored a few more. Definitely shouldn't have conceded the couple that we did. So, yeah, it's... It, it was pleasing to get back in, back to winning ways after, obviously, the heartbreaking final defeat less than a week beforehand as well.
0: Absolutely. Well, we did go 1-0 up with a very, very lucky Stephen Kingsley free kick with the goalkeeper who, in fairness to him, has been really, really good this season. Had a bit of a nightmare due to the conditions. But then first half kind of trundled through, as you said. We were in total control of the game but wasn't really doing much with it. Then, air came out in the second half and... For the first kind of 15 minutes, of the second half were in complete control and in a three minute spell they went actually and reversed the game and went 2-1 up. However, that kind of seemed to annoy us almost. It was like, no, wait a now, this isn't what's happening. And that was then also the introduction of Craig Whiten off the bench. He got 29 minutes and he came on and absolutely changed the game. Uh, got two goals and an assist off the bench, and the other goals were also from Ollie Lee and Liam Boyce. After Christoph Berra turned into Garincha out in the left wing, out of absolutely nowhere, and at that point it's five-two. You think the game's over, and then Michael Smith kind of buffers in real time. Has a comp- probably the first ever mistake is made in a heart shirt, and a calamity ensues, which gets air the third goal. Um, we will talk about it more in depth as we go into the podcast, but was this the first signs that it was like, God, we've got a mistake in us at the back?
1: Yeah, I think so. I think so. I think going forward, it didn't really seem to be a problem, and I don't think that there is a problem generally when we're at home. It's more so away. I mean, I think... I'm going to give a quick shout-out to my dad, actually, because that Air United game... The old man slapped a fiver on Stephen Kingsley first goal at sixteen to one. Um nice. did you did you have Michael Smith? I did. Because I was gonna say, how fizzing would you have been with Kingsley and obviously the air keeper, had Michael Smith's rocket gone in about five minutes later after the free kick, I would have been spewing. Um, I was delighted he missed it. <laughs> I was <laughs> I bet, so shocked. I bet you were. Um but no i think first half was was kind of routine really um i think that the second half sort of we had we had a couple half chances that you just got the feeling we obviously then relearned the oldest footballing lesson that there is which is if you don't take your chances you will get punished and defensively wow i mean yeah you're right in that this is the first kind of game of this sequence where we should have taken some warnings on board given how poor we actually are at the back Um, I do agree with you though I think it I mean I don't know whether Michael Smith's um, calamity as you called it I don't know whether that's just is that kind of um, what's the word I'm looking for complacency creeping in
0: or lack of uh, concentration
1: yeah, because defensively we left a lot to be desired. I, d- I don't know. What did you make of our defensive display?
0: I think of all the games, it was the kind of middle ground between the two, between the three. If you understand what I mean, so I think games we'll get into. We had better defensive performances, and we had a far, far worse defensive performance. Um, it was just, it was just really frustrating um, because none of the goals were really well worked. From air. none of the goals really like you would go ah oh, fair play to them they deserved that they all came from individual errors really and i think that's a really good way to then lead on to the next game that we played which was also at home we managed to get a run or two and then we also got quite a few goals in this game which is starting to become a theme of hearts kind of season uh our growth came to Ten castle and of course we really struggled against our growth early on in the season when we went there. We needed a Craig White and winner, uh, a very narrow winner to get the result, and especially we needed Craig that to kind of keep us in at at points. Hearts fans, however, I think were kind of feeling that well, we're at home, it should be a lot easier. And on the day it definitely was, uh, Stephen Naismith got a six minute hat trick, which was incredibly impressive. He was fantastic. Um, however, for the first kind of half an hour, our both were doing well, To their, their plan was working well. I wouldn't say they were the better team like their manager did, which was quite baffling, I felt, but they were sticking to their plan. However, it kind of all went wrong in a very short amount of time. And then you think, right, we're 3-0 up at home, that should be it. And immediately, at the start of the second half, another individual defensive error happened, where our both had a free kick that was kind of just in a okay area, it was in our half near the dugouts. swung in going to absolutely no one, going out for a goal kick and either Andy Irvin doesn't hear a shout, or Andy Irvin isn't sure of the shout, so just swings a leg at it, falls into the path of of Chris Dolan, who in fairness to him, it's a really good finish but puts puts our both back into the game I kind of thought but then our both did nothing for the remaining (laughs) game and it was an absolutely abysmal abysmal half of football but what did you think of the game in general but more specifically what did you think of that moment again
1: I thought that in the Arbroath game we didn't create anything really major till we scored Andy Halliday blazed one over Liam Boyce blazed wide but I think the goal whilst we hadn't we hadn't been knocking on the door as such I think you're right in that Arbroath were pretty solid defensively. Um, I, can, I can see why they're struggling down the bottom end of the table, however. Mm-hmm. And I think it's also easy to see. In the air game, I'll be amazed off that showing if air don't finish top half or in the playoff places. Whereas I think Arbroath, whilst they stood up to us to a point, they were. They always seem to have that kind of vulnerability. I mean, we were absolutely awful at Gayfield and still came away with a 1-0 win. And I think, yeah, I just got that same impression at, at Timecastle, to be honest. It, it really, it reminded me so much of the Aloa game, where we essentially do the job in the first half, and then the second half, really, it's... It's almost like it's a potential time to experiment. There's no real rush or desire to get goals because the game's effectively finished. But it just... The the only two complaints I've got regarding the Arbroath game are White and missing a sitter to make it four, which he should score, and the goal that we concede. I mean, really, that's just... I don't even know what that is. Because, like you say, it's as though Irving's ignored the shout... Or he's just not been warned at all. And it's it's a brain fart. He's a, he's a young player. These things happen. But I'm more concerned about the goals that we conceded against Air than the, the Arbroath one, to be honest. Despite Doolin's being a good finish against Arbroath. And I thought the boy Luke McCowan, I thought he was a danger in the air game and it was a decent finish as well.
0: I think you're pretty much spot on with that. I, I personally get the criticism... That we don't seem to come out at in the second half at home, all guns blazing. But I don't have an issue with it personally because we have had the game finished. And when we haven't, we have kind of come out. For example, you saw it earlier in the season when we played Queen of the South just before the Cup Final. It's like we we kind of had the game sorted, but we still came out the traps firing because Robbie wanted to get confidence ahead of Celtic. I think when you see that at a growth game, it is a It's just an objective fact that it's going to be hard to get these players up to play our broth anyway because there's no fans. And then when you go into halftime at home 3-0 up and there's no fans there to keep pushing you, I then think it's really, really hard for them to come out in the second half and keep pushing. I know people will say the professionals, it's their job, should be doing it. But the argument is they've done it. They've got it done, and every single time it's happened, we've proven it, that the game has been done. Now, obviously, in the air game, it was kind of similar, but my argument is that's bad because we were only 1-0 up. You you do that when you're 3-0 up, not when you're 1-0 up. But I think what was the biggest worry for me is that some players, and we'll get to them in the next game, Some players almost seem undroppable, and it's the first time I'm starting to feel that way. So previously, I saw a lot of people say, like, there's a stat where it's like, that is now the 23rd consecutive game that Robbie's fielded a a different starting eleven. He hasn't fielded a consecutive eleven in that amount of time, which is a bit worrying, in fairness, because you want to have a settled side. But I've always felt like, well, with that stat... How can that be? How can there be undroppable players? And the players who have played in almost every game, most of them have earned that. Gordon Smith, Kingsley, Boyce, Naismith, most of them have been playing every game, and it's because it's deserved. Like they've been fantastic. But there were some players, more in the Dundee game, which we'll get to in a minute, that I feel, regardless of what they do, they kind of get to play. And against our growth in the second half in particular, Elliot Freer came on. I know he came on, he didn't start, but he still made an appearance. And I just felt it was emblematic of... uh, Listen, Elliot Freer really tries, right? He really tries hard. That's so patronising. I know it does sound patronising. I don't mean it to sound patronising. But he's not a good football player, is he? No. No.
1: It's... I don't know... I think, obviously, we'll talk about more than just Elliot Freer, but I I, I share that same kind of viewpoint with regards to the second half. I think it must be hard for players to carry that level of performance in the second half when they effectively know it's done, and chances are their opponents know that it's effectively done. Um, Because our both got right into it right at the start and
0: then never pushed again for the remaining 40
1: minutes. they did. It was weird. it was as though they just set up to frustrate, and then, like you say, it, it was literally seven minutes of madness where they've they've conceded three. Like what what do you say as a manager? I know that Campbell's coming out and saying that they were obviously, they obviously played well. He berates kind of the the Naismith second goal, claiming that it was three yards offside, which is quite frankly laughable. But I, in fairness to him, I don't know what you can say at that stage because they are out the game, and even their goal is fortunate with because it's our for one of a better word fuck up. So I don't I don't know. I, the Arbroath win was routine, and is the is the kind of result and performance that we should be expecting. But the Dundee game, I mean, wow. If, if we're getting into the squad, I'd be intrigued to hear who you think, or who you deem to be undroppable, or who you think... Well, let's rather, just get... You won't think anybody's undroppable. You'll think that Nielsen deems them undroppable, which I agree, I think is just absolute nonsense.
0: Yes, so, let's just get straight into it. I know a lot of people will say, why aren't you focusing on those first two games, and partly because Adam said it feels like a really long time ago, those games, just because we haven't done an episode in that time, but it's very hard to be positive about results when you've had an absolutely shocking result, so as a result this podcast is probably going to be more negative, and I know, and I will be more positive than Adam, because that just is what happens on this show <laughs> Yeah, but, that. Yeah, exactly, but it's still going to be quite negative, so Three games in a week, basically. Hearts have their first away game of this week, and it was on Saturday night, the late kick-off, 20 past seven. We go up to Dens. Now, previous to this, obviously, opening game of the season, we battered Dundee 6-2. So I think a lot of Hearts fans went, they're probably going to be more up for this than they were in the previous one. However, it was also with the news that one of our players, alongside Adam had tested positive for COVID. Uh, obviously, earlier in the week, another one had, which was confirmed to be Josh Janelli. However, this is a, as yet unnamed. However, I think when we also saw the team sheet, we all pretty much very quickly worked out who it was as Michael Smith was omitted from the starting lineup. which normally you'd actually think was a big miss, but we'll get into it. I don't think he was that big of a miss. However, Adam was right. We'll st- speak about the team, because the defence... Apart from one individual picks itself at this point. However, this midfield and this setup is Ollie Lee, Peter Herring, Jamie Walker, Andy Halliday, Stephen Naismith, Craig Whiteham. Now, Adam, I don't know if you disagree with this. However, I looked at that and went, there is absolutely no width there. We've got four, four or five wingers on the bench, no width there. All Dundee are going to need to do are play the ball slightly wide and put crosses in and they'll score.
1: Yeah, I think I think everybody was under that impression that having seen the starting lineup, the formation was difficult to then establish. I'd I'd go along with that, yeah.
0: And then <clears throat> I think Immediate there's obviously a very big talking point immediately where Burn comes in in, I think, about 43 seconds and absolutely kills Naismith in what should be a red card, but was given as a yellow card. First of all, before I go on to speak more about that, do you you think it was a red or do you agree it was a yellow?
1: I think that the only reason he's not given a red card is because of how early it happens in the game, to be honest. And there was another... He made another couple questionable challenges um, later on in, in the match. So I think Sean Byrne was pretty lucky to stay on the park if if all being told. But that's, that's not the reason why we lost and it would be foolish to suggest otherwise.
0: And that moment, I think, very much told that Hearts team, or should have told that Hearts team, this is not the Dundee team you faced at the start of the season. This is a Dundee team who is going to be in your faces, they're energised, they're up for this, they're going to go for it. And what should have happened at that point, was the players look at each other and go, right, we need to be as up for this. And it almost felt like the complete opposite of that. So we get into the 14th minute and Literally what I said, they had the ball out wide, crossed the ball in, and a somehow completely unmarked Jordan McGee of all people heads it in to make it 1-0. This is minutes after Craig Gordon pulls out an incredible save against Mullen to keep it 0-0. And at this point, I was getting very worried. And rightly so, I think
1: it was no real surprise once they took the lead like you say that Danny Mullen chance how he doesn't score and how we aren't alert to what is essentially one ball just straight through the centre of defence before Craig Gordon bails us out with a top save is embarrassing Um, I don't know whether it was just me I I, I wasn't all that surprised as soon as Dundee took the lead I really
0: wasn't because Mm -hmm. defensively all over the gaff, and I don't get why that is. Not even defensively, the whole team for me. Just no, everybody uh, seemed completely fucked. Because there's plenty of chances to eliminate the ball being played through
1: in in midfield as well. It's just mm-hmm. it just baffles me how why why can we not perform away from home? I don't understand. Even it's rich me saying that because obviously the the two home performances. Prior to that, we picked up the wins, but for a good, well, even, we weren't all that convincing against Ayr and got the win. And second half, we were awful against Arbroath. So we we were decent for a half out of the four, arguably. And yet, it just, it wasn't a surprise, really, on Saturday. And that's the most annoying thing for me, to be honest. Defensively, absolutely shocking for the first goal.
0: Well, what, what I plan to do with this is is go through the game and then we'll dissect individual performances because I have a lot to say about a few individuals. However, the goals didn't stop coming because 15 to 20 minutes later, Danny Muller made sure I didn't miss another chance. However, the main problem for me is that in the 6-2 game, Charlie Adam picked up the ball, danced around a few players and hit a screamer. In this game, Ollie Lee is standing at the byline and just gets... Completely shoved off the ball, legitimately. I'm not trying to suggest that Charlie Adam failed him. No, he just was. He just used an out of strength, and Ollie Lee shit himself. He then completely does Peter Herring, but is allowed to just travel and travel and travel and travel with the ball. Beats Herring with a nutmeg, and then Jamie Brandon, who I'll get to. I was happy with Brandon. Completely pulls out a challenge because he's scared or something. A ball's in and Mullin meets it with his head. Craig Gordon does almost everything he can to try and keep it out. However, it's 2-0, and at this point, I thought it was 2-0 going on 5-0.
1: Yeah, and again, wouldn't disagree with that. I think we've seen Charlie Adams' quality already this season, and he's 35 years old and running the show. I mean, what an absolute embarrassment. First, nobody takes it upon themselves to close him down and prevent the cross for the first goal. And then I thought it would be Osmond so given his decent recent form, but the fact it was Jordan McGee. Jesus. Then the second, like you say, again, it, it just bulldozes his way through. Eventually Meg's Haring, who I thought looked a shadow of his former self, and it's a simple ball into the area. And you're right, Gordon very nearly does save it. But we just looked masters of our own downfall at this stage. And you're right, it was two going on 5-6 easy just because of how poorly we actually started against the better side the scoring flatters us to be honest mm-hmm. and against a better side we would have conceded 5 sixes, easy
0: well we somehow get to half time at only 2-0 and then a substitution is made that is almost infuriating because it was one that should never have had to be made as the individual should have been on the park from the very start Andy Irving comes on, and the game turns on its head, basically. I don't mean to say that we were great or anything. However, we were the more dominant side. We had so much more of the ball. We finally had a player that just came on and looked like he gave a shit. And we were completely rewarded for that, as 11 minutes into his appearance on the pitch, he wins a free kick, and just clearly, I know it's accidental. It's not intentional. However... I like the idea that Andy Irving just went, I'm not even going to try and put this on one of your heats, I'm just taking this myself. Because he swings the ball in, it completely bamboozles every single person in the box, including what you might be cons- justified in thinking is Manuel Neuer in goals for that 90 minutes. However, it is actually Jack Hamilton and manages to nestle itself in the back of the net and you think, okay, we're in here, 2-1. Adam... We'll speak about him much more in depth later on, but were you delighted with his impact when Andy Irving came on? Yeah,
1: I was. And I think I mean we what we what I will say is how he doesn't start is beyond me. And we've obviously banged his drum from the get go virtually on this podcast. But I don't know whether the defensive mishap against our broth is what prevented him from starting. To be honest, Andy Irving not starting is currently my biggest bugbear at present with Hearts. Mm-hmm. I, I do not understand it at all. And I think the goal sums up the performance, to be honest. The, there should have been contact on it. And ultimately, it's pretty lucky. Like I say, we were lucky we only got beat 3-1. And I think it's a total humiliation as far as I'm concerned. It's no real surprise, given the goals that we'd conceded to Ayr and our broth just a, a total shambles. But how Irving doesn't start is honestly beyond me. He's the only player in that midfield with even an ounce of creativity. And I don't know whether it's because we're so naive. I just, I don't I don't get it at all.
0: Well, well because again, I want to focus on individuals in a bit because I think we're going to spend a lot of time speaking about individuals. However, just to close off the game itself... Uh, Stephen Kingsley misses a sitter to make it he should, Should he absolutely should in what was probably his worst game for the club Um, and then Stephen Naismith has a really good chance but again Jack Hamilton makes an uncharacteristic save Um, and then uh, a certain individual gives away a penalty and Afalabi is no good to miss a penalty it's actually a really good penalty as well um, to make it 3-1 and that's it we are. We have lost. Sorry, our second game of the season. No surprise it comes away from home. No surprise it comes away from the first kind of team who have had a go from us. Had to go at us. Sorry, apart from Dunfermline. Before we get into the individuals, I think we're going to have a bit of a difference in opinion here. Right. However, Okay. I want to know your thoughts on Robin Nielsen's post-match comments, as he was very clearly angry at the situation and I actually have what he says here uh, it's not everything he says however it's the the important bits. He says on the balance of chances created we should have at least a point if not won the game. The game has turned again on very poor refereeing decisions that's us lost two games this season and two games refereed by Don Robertson big call for me in the first minute I thought a red card but didn't give it and then the penalty I can't see it as a penalty. Brian McLaughlin then says will this rattle your team? And Nielsen immediately laughs it off, scoffs it off, saying, "Rattle us? No chance. We got beat off Dunfermline. Everybody said it would rattle us, and then we went unbeaten for two months. This will not rattle us." So, what do you make of Robbie's post-match comments?
1: What, with regards to the refereeing, or just general? kind of the
0: two the two points where he says that? First of all, he feels that on the balance of chances created, we should have had at least a point if not won the game. And then, yes, the the bit that got all the media attention, uh, his claims about Don Robertson. Well, not his claims, just his points that Don Robertson has been the referee in our only two defeats. And there was two refereeing decisions that were at best questionable. Um, I would say if ifs and
1: buts were candy and nuts, we'd all have a great Christmas. I think uh, there's various different points where we could say that the Dundee game could have been different. But ultimately, I don't think we can have any complaints about the result because the, for the vast majority of that match, we were second best. And I think it's an absolute disgrace that that performance was broadcast on national television, to be honest. I think uh, he, he didn't set us up to win on Saturday. In my opinion, because if he did, Andy Irving would have started, mm-hmm. and it's all very well blaming the ref. Why? Why? I mean, I know he'll probably say different, and he'll probably grill the players. At least I'd like to imagine him grilling the players in the dressing room and keep it kind of in the house. But what prevents him from slaughtering the squad in a in a pre, in a post match presser rather? Why does he why does he have to deflect and in this case target the officials when he should be going through the playing squad?
0: Are those rhetorical questions or would you like me to answer them? I uh, no, I'd, I'd I'd like you
1: to answer because I don't know why he, he deflects. Surely surely you should have a look at his players first and foremost. If it can be down to fine margins, but it wasn't down to fine margins as to why we got beat on Saturday. And I won't hear any different. We were absolutely awful, and yet so, he he feels he, sorry, mate. He feels it necessary. No, keep going, keep to, he feels it necessary to target the officials first and foremost. I don't. I'm sorry. I cannot. I cannot fathom that at all.
0: Right. Here is my response, because I agree with him part of what you're saying. I agree that he is wrong to suggest that we lost that game. Because of referee decisions. However, I agree with him that the that Don Robertson is a fucking terrible ref. <laughs> like, but every ref in this country is terrible. I was going to uh, say, I'd like a list of the decent ones. Yeah, exactly. Um, I also disagree with him that it's not a penalty. We'll get into the penalty decision, but I think it's a penalty. Uh, I think it's everyone's fine. focusing on the wrong individual. Everyone focuses on the individual falling, which isn't the person that has been fouled. It's a tug of the shirt. I can't remember who it is that's actually fouled. But the more general point where I saw a lot of people get annoyed and you yourself just have got annoyed there where people were speaking about how Nielsen deflected from this loss. Now, in two ways, I disagree with that. The first way is that at the end of the interview, he was asked about the giant transfer window and he was like, yes, we're going to have people in and people out. And then he said, and based on that performance tonight, it's pretty clear that I need to fix certain positions eh, in quite a flippant way. So first of all, he's clearly annoyed at the team and has said it there. Secondly, as I said, he came in the interview raging. So he's clearly went through them, clearly. And I am of the opinion this is a far bigger comparison. However, you see it just now with Frank Lampard at Chelsea. My complaint about Frank Lampard is, is that he takes none of the blame he pushes on these players. He turns around and says, they were rubbish, they were terrible, they were awful. Now, see if you do that once. Uh, fine, okay. If you do that publicly, fine. Ben, it then needs to work. You then need to come out and absolutely demolish teams. And, for example, Chelsea have not done that. My kind of view on management um, discussions, I'm saying this not at all from a management perspective. I have no coach, but I've Coached teenagers and young kids, but my personal opinion is, uh, like go through your players in private, defend them in public. I don't see, I don't see what good it does for Nielsen to come out and go, "Aye, that was rubbish. That was absolutely terrible," because then you kind of go, "Okay, where are we meant to go from here?" Because if he then goes, "But it'll be all right," people will say, "A, well then why are you going through your team?" or "B." No, you're just trying to deflect again by saying that, no, but it's fine. So, I disagree with him in saying that the ref was the reason we lost the game. However, and if Robbie now, every single time we lose, doesn't blame the team, I think that is also different. But on this occasion... You're letting I, us I don't understand why people got so angry when I don't think... Well, obviously Nielsen has to shoulder a lot of the blame but that 11 players should be able to beat Dundee's 11 players I
1: was just about to ask you who do you think shoulders most of the blame for Saturday you're going players over Robbie
0: yes I would say it's an 80-20 split I think Robbie set us up wrong I think Robbie did set us up wrong and he didn't start Irving which is wrong however on that park is Stephen Kingsley, Craig Halkett, Jamie Walker Stephen Naismith Craig and Andy Halliday Peter Haring like all players who played A against the current quadruple treble champions and took to penalties beat Hibs have some of the most experienced players in the league structure are you telling me they can't score more than one past Jack Hamlin
1: no it, it, listen is reason for debate but do you not do you not look at kind of not history repeating itself as such but against Alloa in the League Cup, we were dreadful. Against Dunfermline at East End, we were dreadful. Is
0: it, I don't know. I don't know what it's down to, and I'm not. That is only two and fifteen, though. I agree. Our home for our away form, sorry, is oh. absolutely shocking. But it's been shocking for like ever since I can remember. No, of course. But I mean, who
1: who does take the blame
0: here? Well, is, this is, is where we'll get into it. <laughs> this is where we'll get into the individuals. Right. Okay. So hit me with it. Craig Gordon. I'm going to start with the positives. <laughs> right. <laughs> Craig, listen sure, to quick. Ah, exactly. There's literally three names. Craig Gordon. Can he do anything about any of the goals? And kept kept, it, it kept the scoreline respectable. Yeah. Yeah. I would agree with that. Jamie Brandon. I thought it was one of his best performances for us. I would also agree with that. I think there was. I know that isn't a,
1: saying much. No, but there just was one, before
0: people go anything,
1: there was one chance in the second half where he he had a little glance over at the official to ensure that the eh, Dundee forward was onside. and then he bust a gut to get back, and I thought did really well, and obviously intercepting when they should have gone on and made it. I think it was
0: three. It would have stage. been three. It would have been three one. I love that yeah. moment because it summed up Jamie Brandon in a sen- in a second. He yeah. was at fault by putting him on side, but then he fixed it really well. Anyway, and it was oh really shit! Impressive.
1: And just bust a gut to get there, and obviously did right. So we've gone Gordon and Brandon, and the third name.
0: This is good. I, I I almost feel sick saying this, oh but dear. I thought you and Henderson did really well coming home Oh my goodness gracious me! Wow. I know. And it's a big moment for the podcast.
1: <laughs> not, not for the podcast. I don't mind you, Henderson. It's you. You can't stand him. <laughs> what's what's made you say that? Because I didn't even think he was all that good, to be he honest. He missed
0: a sitter at the end. <laughs> like,
1: oh, he did. An absolute sitter.
0: But I just felt when he came on, he actually like was... Energized, he was at least looking for something. That's how low the bar is. Even <laughs> Henderson's getting pass marks. Like he just looked like I, he wanted generous. to do something. He just looked like he wanted to do something. And I will actually say this: there is one more name. It's not pass marks because he didn't have a good game. But again, I felt really bad for Craig Whiten because he was playing a as star, a lone striker. He? Yeah, he was yeah, playing as a lone striker, which you can't do and it was like all the game was was a certain individual who we'll get to punting the ball up to him oh, him dog. trying to control it dog. and then there was just 12 to 20 yards where there was not a single hearts player around him honestly my PTSD's kicking in please please move on so I felt I felt bad for Whiting and I don't think he should have been hooked for Henderson I would have kept Whiting on and put him and Henderson up front however we will get to the rest of the shite. Um, as I say, Kingsley, I'm not going to go too mental at because he's been arguably player this season. He had a bad game. He's got to have bad games. It's just frustrating that it came in this game.
1: And should have should equalised. I don't know whether is this is this contract talk or has he has he had an offer from elsewhere that he's considering at the minute. I. Can't work out what's going on with him at the minute. Which is a shame because, like we've said, I think you said it in the last pod, he's definitely been our player of the season so far.
0: I, I personally don't think it's anything like that. I just think he had a bad game. And he's All coming right. back for injury. Right. Fair enough. Um, But even... He had a bad game, but he was still better than most players. Yeah. <laughs> which and, is saying something.
1: And he does get into good areas. I mean, that, that chance... I mean, it says it all that our left back is the furthest forward in order to enter the box and nearly haul us level
0: single-handedly. Absolutely. Um, However, right, other players kind of were just so-so. Lee, I think, did much. But again, Lee's been quite good in the last few games, so I'm not going to dig him out too much. What? Sorry, mate,
1: go on. What are you saying? No, No, go on. I was going to say, what annoys me with Ollie Lee is why
0: he's ushered on the right. Yes, because he's, whenever he's played out there, he completely disappears.
1: Exactly. And Levine did the same with him when, uh, was it the season before? Obviously, he was on loan at Gillingham last season. But was, yeah. he and June took it in turns to kind of be out on the right. Stop yeah. doing that. Play him centrally. He's a central midfielder. It drives me nuts. If we need a right winger, then be active this window and go and get one. Don't put a central midfielder in on the right-hand side. Please. It's so annoying.
0: I fully agree because whenever Lee's been centrally, especially in that kind of advanced centrally role, he's, he's been good. fantastic. Yeah, yeah. he's totally like second agree. highest assists in the league or something like that. Like he's be, he's been very good. So I think Ollie Lee again. He had a bad game, but I don't think he was the worst. No, i I go along with that. Naismith again. I just felt like he was quite quiet. Like he didn't do much wrong, but again, I just. He didn't really do anything.
1: No, it was as though the challenge from Burn kind of... Not woke him up as such, but... It was... He was. He was He was kind of... Uncharacteristically quiet. And I don't know whether that's because... He's been asked to do a job that doesn't suit. He's not kind of... The formation was a mess. We're, mm-hmm. we're essentially trying to play with wingers with no width. And... It just uh, either place him centrally place him up front or don't bother I, I, again it's similar to Lee don't place him out I see him kind of hogging the left hand side touchline don't do that play him in the middle please thanks
0: we then go to kind of the last player before the final cluster um, Craig Halkett I, f- I saw a lot of people saying that Craig Halkett gets it too easy I personally disagree because Craig Halkett has had some type of abuse over the last 12 months. Um, But I feel Halkett, again, he had a bad game. He was part of that defence. He had a very bad game. But, again, I just feel that he was never at direct fault for a goal, personally. I'm trying to think back. Because if one of the individuals we're going to speak about was directly at fault for two of them, and then the other one was Kingsley. The first one was Kingsley was out of position.
1: What was the first goal again? That's terrible. It was George, just George,
0: it. Jordan McGee's header, where he was just Oh, free. that's
1: right. Yeah, yeah. No, that's not down to Halkett. Then Danny Mullins could maybe... Uh, maybe, but it's probably more so the left-hand side. And yes. you're going to say that... Yeah, right. No, I, I, yeah. I don't again, g- he
0: had a bad game. I don't want people to think, oh, you're praising no. him. No, he had a bad game. But he wasn't the worst.
1: No, ag- agreed. And I don't get... Kind of the, I don't get how we've turned on Halkett when he was trying to single-handedly keep Craig Levine in their job I mean the amount of late goals that he conjured up I, I like Halkett and I think he needs a decent partner personally, yeah. obviously this is where it's going to be even more annoying with the absence of John Souter, and you look at the individual that you're going to name or Mihai Popescu coming in <laughs> alongside so Halkett can't do it all on his own Get, get him a yeah. decent partner. I think that's the priority in this window. And I've identified a few, but we'll get into that later
0: on. Um, we now move into the, in my opinion, worst four. The first person I'll speak about is the one I'm most gutted about. Peter Herring looked so far off it.
1: Awful. Like I say, a shadow of his former self. I don't know what's... I don't know what's going on. And I see fans absolutely slowing Peter Herring after... You know deeming him the savior and a key reason as to why we didn't perform last season I maybe he needs taking it well he needs taking out the team but to turn on him in that fashion I think is bang out of order personally
0: absolutely I think I think the pitch didn't help he's still coming back to he's clearly still not fully fit I don't care what anybody <laughs> says he's clearly still not fully fit and that pitch was a nightmare so I think he was just quite Intrepid about the whole situation He didn't want to slide into many challenges The bobbles were getting the best of him Which is quite rare And it was a mercy That he was taking off for Irving at half time But if he's not fully fit Then why are you choosing him to start the game? I don't know if it's fully fit in terms of physical fitness But he's clearly not match fit But worryingly the only way you can get match fit Is by playing games
1: Yeah, no uh, But like you say I mean The, the introduction for Irving was You know it, it was the it was the only necessary change, and ultimately shouldn't have happened. So why Peter Haring wasn't on the bench? I, I don't I don't get his inclusion. If well, it's easy saying this now. Obviously the game's taken place, but if he's not fully fit and not all there, why why bother when this is, you know, we've spoken about Dundee as a potential promotion contender. So. This game at Dens is probably one of the biggest that we'll have. So why would you choose him to start if not fully there? Baffles me. I've
0: just realised, by the way. Of course Andy Irving gets pass marks. I didn't see him in the bit before, but of course he was our man in the match. <laughs> like, yeah. of course no. he got pass marks.
1: That goes without saying. And my three would be Gordon, Brandon, and Irving. Yeah.
0: I feel that's very fair. However, Going from the positive threes to the three that, to be honest, uh, this might be reactive. However, we're speaking about this two days. I, I never I want to see them play now. for us this season again. Yeah, I thought this was coming. I don't want to see Christoph Berra, Jamie Walker or Andy Halliday play for us again this season. Andy Halliday, I'll give it to him. I think he was quite good in the left-back position without Kingsley. If he's going to play in left-back, that's fine. I never want to see him in midfield again. We'll speak about Halliday first. The main issue is, with me, I'm not expecting Andy Halliday to be the creative force in this team. I'm not expecting Andy Halliday to be the one who's driving us forward. I'm expecting Andy Halliday to be the one that we... When he sees that challenge in the first 40 seconds, to be like, right, I'm going to control this game. I thought we were getting this guy who is tough tackling, a prick. Everybody speaks about him like that, like... He's no one of the best footballers, but he's somebody you want on your team. He digs in and with a point to prove after being Absolutely. released by the Rangers. Yeah. Absolutely. That has not appeared once this season.
1: No, I think I think he thinks he's better than the level that he's currently playing at. Yep. Yeah. To be honest, um listen, I've I was an I was an advocate for the signing, but I have been left underwhelmed. I wouldn't put him in the same bracket as Berra and Walker. Um, that's fair. And I, I agree. I actually thought he looked all right filling in at left back. That's that's kind of one of the reasons why I wanted the signing was that bit of versatility. So, cool. But, yeah. In, in midfield, he's left a lot to be desired. And I don't know whether that's because... Is it a fitness thing with Haring again? Because he obviously had that period out. But then he's played much more than Haring has in, in recent months and weeks. So... Ugh, I don't know. I feel as though we're trying to find Halliday a partner still. And, I mean, how how can we not have a decent idea of who should play out the four central midfielders that we keep mentioning? Because it doesn't. it seems like we're ushering them all in, and yet that selection on Saturday proved that there's no wingers. So we'd rather play three central midfielders, as it were, and then obviously bring the other one on. It
0: just it doesn't doesn't sit right with me at all. Well we then move on to the two that listen, I immediately after the Dundee game I said this and I got grief for folk on Twitter, but I I don't know what else I can say that I haven't said already about Jamie Walker. Like he's got to score against Camelin Juniors and everybody's got to go. Where the Jamie Walker haters at. He's going to score against Alloa when the Knicks come to us. He's going to score against Morton at home. But against Celtic, he was dreadful. Against Hibbs, he was dreadful. Against Dunfermline he was dreadful. Against Dundee, he was dreadful. When we played Inverness, he did nothing. Against any form of opposition, he does nothing. And I saw, I can't remember who said it, the infuriating aspect about Walker is that he's proven he can be arguably the best player in this team, arguably the best player in this division. But what makes me even more angry at him is that you're saying Halliday thinks he's too good for this league. Walker is the embodiment of that. Walker walks If he's not played exactly in his position or if he's not played with the team revolving around him, he, he looks like he's sulking on the pitch. And the fact that he stayed on that park for 90 minutes when Craig and got taken off... Is just embarrassing, and he is the individual I'm speaking about. And I think Nielsen has favourites because I know people go, "Well, he didn't start at, uh, against our both, but he came on very quickly." But it's because he physically couldn't fit into that team when both Boyce and Whiteham played. But he has played so much game time, and in my opinion, he's been our worst player of the season.
1: My play of the year shout was an absolute cracker, wasn't it?
0: Oh, it was unbelievable.
1: <laughs> Honestly, I've.
0: I told you at the time I thought that was ridiculous.
1: Did you? I'll let you go back and play that. I just... I honestly thought that Robbie... I thought that this was going to be the second coming of Jamie Walker under the manager that he played his best football under. And yet, it's just not transpired that way at all. It's just... I don't don't know whether you'd even describe him as a luxury player. Or... I just... Just, I think he
0: views himself as a luxury player.
1: Possibly, possibly, but I I would agree in that he's been for the most part a waste of a jersey this season. And yet, the bugbear is he's a talented player. We've seen this
0: for years. I don't now. think he is anymore. I don't think he is. But, anymore. I think he's past. But it.
1: I, I would be I would be inclined to agree as well. How how can you be twenty seven years old and not have legs on you? this is obviously he
0: has had an injury right but but come on you're not even being played that would just take away your pace like and i know what you're saying don't have leg in you but that doesn't affect your stamina that doesn't affect like your ability to run and i was about to say like i said it earlier right elliot freer at least he tries Ad white at least he tries jamie walker just, Can he ch- yeah, he no. just can't be bothered. Yeah, he just can't be asked. He can't
1: yeah. be asked. No, I, 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 would, I would fully agree with that, mate. And that's, it is a bugbear that I've got, to, um, amongst many. I accept for this hearts team, but <laughs> yeah, he just, oh, he, he's one of the most, if not the most, infuriating, current playing squad member.
0: I'd probably say that he is. I mean, I fully agree. as people are going to say you're like a broken record I didn't want him to come back I disagreed with it I thought he would flop I didn't however in fairness I didn't think he would be this bad I thought he would when we went down in this league I thought because you you were justified in your decision to make him play yeah I was being funny in the podcast we came where I was like oh that's a nightmare decision like whilst there was a part of me that agreed with that the majority of me went, he's in the league he was classing the manager he was classing a lower level than what he thinks he should be at. So he should just be able to take the piss out of every single team in this league. And but he's well got done, no Jimmy. desire to You've prove that. You've done it that. against Morton. You've done yeah. it against Morton, mate. Well done.
1: But he's got absolutely no desire to prove that he should be playing at a higher level. And that's mm-hmm.
0: uh,
1: that is annoying. It's very annoying. But uh, I d I don't know what I don't know what more there is to say on Jamie Walker. I I've put my neck on the line, stuck up from time after time, and he's not delivering for hearts at the minute. So I don't know how much longer I can persist with saying that I would view him amongst one of the best in our current playing squad because he's done nothing to justify me even saying that.
0: Well, I, for one, very much hope he leaves at the end of the season. I'd love him to leave this month, but he won't. I hope he leaves in the summer. And we get to the man who I think probably had the worst game of the oh. night. He's oh. had the worst game for most nights he's been in since Daniel Stendel came in. And listen, we all disagreed with the way Daniel Stendel did it. It shouldn't have been handled in the way it was. But Daniel Stendel was completely right and justified to not play Christoph Berra. And it is now at the point where it is almost hindering his legacy at the club. Yeah. Yeah, it
1: is and we spoke, about which this. is heartbreaking. Of it's course heartbreaking. it is. Of course it is, and we spoke about it on the pod. I think even last week, I sort of compared him to Rio Fernand mm-hmm. with his QPR days. But yeah, f- finished for for want of a better word. Just uh, there was a part of me that thought he even might be, you know, adequate in this league, given that loans bill at Dundee. But it just it has, it hasn't transpired that way at all. Certainly, in, in recent weeks, I think he's been of more use as a as an unorthodox left
0: winger, hasn't he? Yeah. What what was the game? Was it? It was that air game, wasn't it? The air game, yeah, where he just hit the left wing and played a ball in for Whiting. <sighs> I mean, how many times you you briefly mentioned it when we were dissecting the Dundee game? How many
1: long balls, just aimlessly up the park? It was as though we were watching us under Levine again. It mm-hmm. just. It's infuriating. And yet you look at the playing squad and you think it's it's of a better talent than this division. But it's the results and performances like that that make you think, well maybe maybe we aren't as good as we think we are and I don't want to speak about Christoph Berra, to be honest. I find it really upsetting. He's just This is it. If if we go up and he retires after that sweet. All right, well done. You've mm-hmm. you've saved your legacy, like you say, but just it it's actually it's painful to watch.
0: And I think again we go back to the point. I think the in my opinion the two worst performing players of the season have been Robbie's two favourites because Mihai Popescu was dropped from the team and has barely made an appearance since that game at East End Park where he was at fault for the, the first goal. Well, even even if he's at fault for both goals, Christoph Berra doesn't even jump for Danny Mullins' goal on Saturday night. Christoph Berra, a thirty-five-year-old or whatever he is, seasoned pro. When we're trying to get back in the game, pulls the shirt of a player in the box. Mihai Popescu never made mistakes like that ever. Yes, he's a fucking bomb scare. I say it every single time we speak about it, but Popescu is a better ball player than Berra. He's better than the air now in Berra, which is all Berra had. He's he's got better pace than Berra. Popescu absolutely looks like he could just do anything at any time, but I'd rather that over what I know is going to happen every single time. The ball's going to be given to Berra. He's either going to just pass it to Halkett and let Hal could deal with it, or just send it long to no one, and all opposition fans will do, air eh, players, sorry, will do. Charlie Adams said it in his post-match thing, they went, we target Christoph Berra, we play long balls over the top over Christoph Berra, we play intricate passes around Christoph Berra, because he physically can't do it anymore. I Pepescu is better than him. I. Would he's not cla- good, he's not good, <laughs> but he's better than Berra.
1: I've been inclined to say that Chris Hamilton's better than him, and I've not even seen him play. That's how yeah. bad it actually is. Like, like you say, it's always a simple pass, kind of out to uh, Kingsley on the left hand side or inside to Halkett, or just the dreaded thump up the park to nobody. It's aimless, and
0: that's it's incredibly frustrating to watch.
1: Uh, let's not talk about that anymore, please. Uh, it just it, it actually really infuriates me.
0: Well before we before we go on to the final topic, I just wanted to make one point as well. We are nothing going forward without Liam Boyce. Yeah. Agreed. Agreed. To all and... the people who gave me shit and was like, Liam Boyce isn't he scoring enough goals and I went, No, but he's general on road play. Fantastic and the best in the team people went yeah but he's not scoring as many goals is he Daniel he's not scoring goals and then he started uh, scoring goals and he started just being an all round striker and then we lose him for a game and we have nothing because I love Craig Whiting Craig Whiting's been fantastic this season you could argue, you can make an argument saying Craig Whiting's been our player this season with the amount of goals he's got but he is not the complete striker that Boyce is and we we just have nothing without him
1: no, I'd go along with that, and I was one of the ones that was adamant that Liam Boyce was going to come good, but I'd yet to I'd yet to seen him kind of contribute with goals and the like. And there was a time where I was wanting him taken out of the team, but yeah, just just he is literally so key for us, and it's embarrassing that even at the stage that we're at, we're so dependent on. Arguably a handful of players. Because... The manager
0: was right to be so flippant with you, wasn't he? When you asked
1: him. <laughs> he was. He was. But in the second tier, Hart should not be persistent on the same handful of performers. Why? Why can it not be a collective effort amongst the team?
0: You're completely, completely spot on. And that does do a fantastic segue as... We're now in the January transfer window, so thankfully, yay, (laughs) thankfully we can bring in people to mix it up. So, I have a couple of names, I think Adam has a few names, however, I think it's not much of a discussion where we need to fix, I think the Hearts fanbase is completely united and we need a striker, we need a winger, and we need a centre half, whatever whatever order. Sorry mate, to cut you off for that. No, go for um, it. That, uh, So
1: what I'm looking for, a poll that I chucked out on Twitter was pretty conclusive. Mm-hmm. In that, I think it was over half of 700 odd votes identified centre half as the the most the most. I was about to say the most area we'd like to see, the most um, <laughs> important area that we'd like to see strengthened. That being said, I did get a lot of the all of the above when I pushed yeah. centre back, centre mid, winger, and striker.
0: I think all of the above is the correct answer, but I don't think we're going to get that in a January window.
1: No. No, and I, well, if we are, I've leaned more towards the the pre-contract route. So say we do yeah, go for a couple of these players. Obviously then they'll arrive in the summer whereas well, I mean we could buy them out with kind of a minimal fee, but I don't, I don't I don't see that being the case to be honest.
0: Well, that actually perfectly lines up with my two individuals. You've I've just got. gone for two? I've got two in terms of names of players. <laughs> right, okay. <laughs> because, I'll be honest, I agree we need a centre-half more than anybody. I don't know who, but I don't care who. I just want a new centre-half. They'll be right. better than all of what we have. Oh, However...
1: Uh, just because just we've put names forward doesn't mean that, <laughs> you know... Joe Savage isn't he gonna listen to this and think, oh <laughs> bloody hell, the Perth to Paisley boys are adamant that we should be signing that centre half, so let's go in for him.
0: This if is him, just it's just ones that we would hey, like to
1: see. But go on. When
0: and now though, don't sell ourselves too short. We might be the scouting network for Hearts and yeah, Joe Savage.
1: Yeah, and you need only look at our track record. We were adamant that Andy <laughs> Halliday should be picked up, and look how that's transpired.
0: Hey, we were also adamant that Andy Irvin should be in the team every week, and we've been proven right on that. Nah, that's a good point. Good point. Like recruitment, so. it's hit and miss, but carry on. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> However, we're speaking about centre halves. I presume you have some centre halves, so we'll start with you.
1: I do. I've got um, three kind of out of contract Scottish Premiership centre halves I'd like to see us go for. Is and one I've of them
0: clever, Di It is not. I want him back. He'd be better than Bearer.
1: He would, and I'm adamant that these three would, along with. Somebody else who I discovered was out of contract shortly became shortly before we uh, came on air. So my three in the Scottish Premiership I've gone for, probably in order of want. I've got Stuart Finlay top of the list.
0: Oh, I didn't know he was out of contract.
1: I've got Declan Gallagher on the list, and well, I've got that's not happening. <laughs> and I've got Tommy Hoban on the list. Now, who's Tommy Hoban? Plays for Aberdeen. I think he's decent. I've seen, I've watched him a couple of times. I think he's decent, but Stuart Findlay is top of the top of the tree for me, personally. I That's, didn't know
0: Stuart Findlay was out of contract. I yeah, think that go. out of the three, I'll be honest. Right, uh-huh. this season I've not watched a single second of top flight football. I'm very, I have to I'm yeah, you work. have to. You're but obligated to. Yes. You're contractually obligated. I'm a petty, petty man, <laughs> so I'm going. No, we're not in it. I don't care. So, I don't know yours? that Aberdeen guy. I don't, I don't have any... I want Deacon Moana back.
1: Just... Oh, is your other name in, a, in another area?
0: Oh, my names are up front. <laughs> right, no, okay. one of my names is up front. One of my names is a winger.
1: Oh, is, it, is this the two that we've been supposedly linked with through kickback and whatever?
0: No. All right. We've been linked with with the Evening News. All right, okay, <laughs> okay. Well, a much more stable source.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I've, I also, before we um, before we came on here, discovered that you and Murray have done Fairluns out of contract at the end of the season as well, and I wouldn't be against opting for him. That
0: would be an interesting
1: one. So, yeah, I I think we've got we've got options at centre half. I'd love to see us going for Stuart Finlay. That would be good.
0: Declan Gallagher's a no chance. There's no chance we're getting Declan Gallagher. Why? Because we are currently a championship side looking to get promoted. And in fairness, mother will have shit them now. In fairness, shocking.
1: I think. Well, then why would we we want them?
0: Why do we wait (laughs) now? Actually, here's a point. Why do we want two centre halves from two teams who are massively struggling just now in the prem? Well,
1: we'll we'll go for Tommy Hoban then.
0: No, I did. I'm. I'm. <laughs> do you know? Do
1: you know what the worst thing is? I've literally, I've identified the key areas and our contract players and the amount of Kelly players that I'm thinking, yeah, I'll take him. Oh my god!
0: I do get the point because people will say that it's like, why do you want players who are currently what Motherwell like tenth and killer eighth or something? It's,
1: like, it's understandable. I mean, well, certainly they're both they're both in the bottom six. I'm gonna check. However, I think they're, I think they're only a couple of points off bottom, but carry
0: on however those two individuals are good and like you could use the argument why would anybody want Stephen Kingsley he's playing the championship it's like well th- because there's, you need to look at the situation like I would take Declan Gallagher here of course that's not even a conversation of no. course I would Scotland yeah. internationalist like of course you would and so the you're same Finlay? with Finlay yeah absolutely I like the look of him. I've literally forgot the name of the Aberdeen guy Tommy Hovind. <laughs> Tommy Hovind. <laughs> how
1: old is he Twenty six, I think. To oh, be fair I thought I was going they, to be able to
0: have the excuse that he was like nineteen or something just they, breaking through. They
1: re-signed him. I think they signed him initially on loan from Watford and then they brought him in on a permanent deal. I I think he's alright personally. But that's well, just not personal prerogative, so Oh no <laughs> However,
0: actually, I'm saying why do you want players for lower ranking teams? I've got a player from Comarnik Come <laughs> <laughs> well, Big cleave no. Oh, well, yeah, it's... I want like him, but that isn't who I meant. Um, I don't know if I want this individual. However, this individual has apparently been linked with us in the last 24 hours. So I wanted your opinion. Uh-huh. It's the Wolf himself, Eamon yeah. Brophy. On the list. Would take, personally. He's obviously... Apparently, he's not having a very good season. He's scored, like, 3-12 or something. No,
1: he's he's lost his spot, kind of, in the Kelly team to the big boy, um, kabamba up front um, and they sometimes go two up and play the pair of them which I actually think is a good pair it's sort of the big big fish little fish that I've spoken about before but I think
0: surely it's a big man little man where are fish no, y- sorry this? you know what I mean but just well, that's the title <laughs> big fish little fish is absolutely the title
1: but I think I think Eamon Brophy is similar to uh, Liam Boyce and Craig Whiten. I think we need somebody a bit bigger. So I've got another couple alternatives. But I wouldn't be against Eamon Brophy. We need Kevin Kyle. <laughs> Listen, if Big Kev lost a bit of timber, I think he could still do current a job.
0: Day, current day 2021 Kevin Kyle could probably get in our team. He'd
1: <laughs> he, he, he jump at the chance to play for us again. So he would
0: he was speaking about us on Twitter the other day it was lovely the the memories. the jambos
1: This Big Kev what a guy
0: right who else have you got up front
1: right so I obviously picked out that Eamon Brophy um, shout I think that's a good one somebody that I wish we'd have moved for before now because I see him linked with Aberdeen all the time is the boy Ross Stewart at Ross County
0: that yeah that take makes him,
1: sense. take him in a heartbeat he's, he's decent big boy and I think he's been linked to I think they had a bid rejected... Was it Rotherham, I think? Expressed yes, it their interest. was. Yeah, it yeah. Was. Um, And then the other one... <laughs> if one, you I'll say Osman so, no, I'm no, going to no, kill no. you. No, I'm going to get a lot of stick for this. But I actually think he's a handful that is probably oh, better than never, most given credit never, for.
0: never ever a good start we have to go as a handful and better than people give them credit for so this is going to be a, either a journeyman striker who's kind of been <laughs> fine everywhere or somebody who had massive potential and has completely flopped
1: I wouldn't say he fits under either maybe a journeyman but big Marius Ogampo of Hamilton Hackey's wouldn't be against signing him I, I know, I'll know who that is I'll get crucified for that the big Greek boy that Hamilton play up front how long
0: boy. has he been there for more than this he's, season?
1: He scored twice in the two all against us. Oh, that
0: was him. Oh, Aye. I'd take him just to annoy them then.
1: Yeah, no, I, I I like the look of him, mate, and I think in a two,
0: he'd be he'd be a nuisance. He'd create space.
1: I I, I can't see that. mind him being very big. No, he's a big boy, very Is big, boy. Aye, was
0: I was a big boy. Aye, I was right up the back of the rosebud in fairness for that game, so everybody looks tiny there.
1: I, I mean I, I, I'm just waiting for the messages like what is this slaver on but I actually think he'd do a job for us
0: how's he been doing this season <laughs>
1: past two yeah, and I, twenty. I, no I, he's been injured I know that in, in recent games oh that's
0: injured. what we need that's what we need somebody <laughs> who's got a fucking recurrent injury record
1: welcome lad <laughs> I'm surprised you don't snap them up already exactly <laughs> but no I just I don't know I think they're the main two aren't they Areas, centre half and centre forward.
0: See, I disagree.
1: Well, and winger.
0: Wingers. Yeah, winger winger for me is as important as the centre half. Because I think uh, if you play Whiten in a system correctly, Whiten will score goals. Interesting.
1: Who Have you got any wingers on the shortlist? No. I do. Oh, you do? I do. I do indeed. It's not Gary Mackay Stephen, because I see it's that. It's not Gary Mackay Stephen.
0: I don't want him. I don't want Greg Stewart either. I don't want either of them to come. I'd take, I'd take either of them. They're better than no. what we've got. No, i are not. Why? They're both old men who have no legs anymore. We're just speaking about Jamie Walker. With no legs. So you want to sign 31-year-old Graham Kite-Steven and 30-year-old Greg Stewart.
1: I guarantee they'd put a better shift in than Jamie Walker.
0: Well, that I could put in a better shift than Jamie Walker. Because <laughs> at least I'd try. Right, well, go on. Who, who have you got? Tamra Bear. Oh. And I know that's... it's everybody's been speaking about him however in the last 24 hours he's been interviewed and we actually have more of an insight into what he wants to do in the game and he spoke about how the fact that when he's in France his dad's name is always hanging over him always he can't get away from it however in Scotland no one speaks about his dad so he can play which freely. is a lie but go on it is a lie <laughs> but I think nobody in Airdrie speaks about his dad <laughs> but because probably folk in Airdrie don't care who his dad is but the more important part of the interview he said he doesn't want to go to Celtic Rangers because he he said it's pointless going to a bigger club but to sit on the bench he wants to play game time and I think what we can offer him is game time <laughs> because he would immediately be first choice
1: yeah, yeah, I, I wouldn't. I'd, listen, we, we've spoken about this potential signing. It's relatively risk free for us. So mm-hmm. it's whether we actually do it or not, which is the thing. I'd,
0: I, I'd love to. Um, apparently, Hebs are also linked to him. Oh, but, but they've just signed Chris Cadden, apparently. Have they taken that as well? Apparen- I know, I probably would have as well. But I don't know if they'll sign both Roberta and Cadden trying to think what else do you, do you think michael
1: smith will get offered a new deal
0: surely i really hope surely. so i really hope so i think it would be huge to have if we could get i don't think this is possible but if we could get smith kingsley and irving all signed to three deals that would be like three new signings yeah i i mean
1: i i just saw that stephen o'donnell's Deals up at Motherwell, I think. So if Michael Smith not offered a new deal for whatever reason, I wouldn't be against signing uh, Stephen O'Donnell. I think Robbie was wanting him for his Dundee United team before mm-hmm. he obviously moved over to us. But yeah, even even going on transfer market, mate. I mean, there's not there's not a great deal of genuine quality. Look, was looking at a couple wingers, but nothing really jumped out at me. To That's the
0: thing, like January. In the last kind of 10 years, the only big player I can remember us getting was January 2016 when we got Suter. Yeah. That's the kind of only one I really remember because obviously in past, the last January we had, we got fucking Donis Advilai.
1: And United were a sinking ship as well and Suter was one of the, he was kind of one of that golden generation that emerged from United as well, wasn't he? But
0: the summer's know, going to mean, be the biggest Robbie's made it yeah. very clear that he wanted a sporting director in he would have liked it by now but he was like it is imperative for January so, eh, for next summer sorry
1: so let me ask if you had three wishes in January what would they be
0: can, can re-signing players be one wish
1: yeah Yeah. I'll, well, I'll, I'll accept
0: the first wish would be that we sign, re-sign Irving, Kingsley and Smith on a deals. Yep, yeah. and then for a couple incomings then. Second is we get Lauren Robert. That's who I'd like. Thomas Robert even. So oh, I'd I do this all the time because Newcastle, Newcastle and that English team, right? <laughs> so and Lauren's never... more likely to come
1: probably. <laughs> That's probably true.
0: Um, I do that all the time because I just think of that free kick against my night, and I love that man. And I want to say that his son's played for us. That'd be amazing. But yes, Tam Rivera. And my third wish is that Jamie Walker leaves for a million pounds. <laughs> You're laughing. You asked for wishes. That's what I want. I mean, I'd take, if somebody came up to me and went, we can just have Jamie Walker leave, I'd be like, yep, take that and all. Interesting. I'm sick and tired of him, Adam. I'm sick and tired of him. I, I almost, like, don't like him. Like, I like every Hearts player, obviously. But We're he's also, like, a he's a fucking idiot with his Instagram and all. And his views, politically and socially. We're not going to get into that. But I don't think I'd like him on a personal level, either.
1: <laughs> so what we've established is you really do not like Jamie Walker? I don't. I
0: never have, either. I never. I'll say it. I never have. I've never got the infatuation we on. Sam Nicholson was better. Wow. So was Billy King on his day. Wow. I loved Billy King. Right, that moment in the relegation derby. That Jamie Walker's never given me a moment like that. <laughs> well, that was
1: that was very. Prove me wrong, Adam. What has he done? Um. Well. Um, he, he slammed home an equaliser in the, in the one all derby the, the season after yeah he did,
0: great <laughs> well, so did Ozturk and it was better right, so that was, pretty... that was the most forgettable derby that season, that one all draw oh, terrible, absolutely terrible alright listen
1: I'm surprised we've not seen the Hibs goal scorer linked with us yet because that always seems to that rumor always seems to reemerge. But come down that is
0: true. That is very give it, true.
1: Give it time, probably. That that will just be happen. That'll just be as soon as Gary Mackay, Stephen, and Greg Stewart die down.
0: Uh, have they? Did they even spotlight up? I saw. I'll, I'm just going to say it now because I've been speaking of recently. Aaron Fraser started that, and I, I publicly called him out for it. and just went. This is stupid.
1: I'm not. I'm not sure he did. I, I'm. I'm adamant that that was plucked. From, there was another account shared it and they said that they plucked it from Kickback which of course oh, well, what is, a fucking is, resume <laughs> is, the, is the nucleus of Hearts Transfer News Um, no no just
0: uh, uh, no I, I can't, what about I you, can't though? see though? what about you though what three wishes would you like
1: <sighs> my three wishes I'd go along with you with the contract extensions that's a given I'd like Stuart Findlay He's a player mm-hmm. I've admired for a good, good wee while. I think, I think I want this one probably more just for, just for the banter more than anything
0: else. Kevin Kyle returning?
1: <laughs> yes, but no. Um, I see Alan Campbell get linked with Hibbs and Aberdeen. <laughs> now I know. I, I mean, I think he's destined <laughs> for a move down south. But if we hijack that. And he chose to come to Championship Hearts <laughs> over Hibbs and Aberdeen. That would just be <laughs> hilarious.
0: Wait, we've just had a twenty-minute period. Speaking about players, Alan Campbell's never come up.
1: No, because no, because you were talking about centre halves, and then I've got I've got centre half, centre mid, winger, and striker. Kind of, I've chosen out kind of three for each position. And Why d- didn't
0: you mention them earlier? I don't know because we were not talking about central midfielders. I feel like we always get linked to it. Robbie Nielsen always gets linked to our <laughs> Campbell.
1: Well, let's make it happen. Come on, at Hibs and Aberdeen's expense—that'd be hilarious. No, it I, would uh, be better
0: than most of what we have, in fairness.
1: Yeah, I think so. But then I don't think I don't think central midfield's a, a problem like. Centre half and up front is. I agree. I very much agree. So, I think it's
0: fourth in behind centre half, striker and winger. They're yeah, they three of the most yeah, important. Totally agree. Because um, we've got yeah, Scott McGill, who I want to see playing more often.
1: But that that for just for the shit you know, you know me and my want for shit and my
0: screwball Because the last time this happened, we got Andy fucking Halliday. So I might have to put a stop to this.
1: Okay, so the three wishes are the contract extension, of Stuart Finlay, and um, Ross Stewart. There you go. I'll change okay. it up. That's fair. I'll
0: Ross it. Stewart would be good, but he'd come to us and be broken like
1: every striker. Oh, absolutely no doubt in my mind that that'd be the case. But it's... in fairness,
0: Boyce hasn't been. Boyce is, despite what some people want to say, Boyce has come and been good,
1: and he was a Ross County hero. Hey. He was. There you go. The Staggies know how to produce a striker. Tell you that for free.
0: (laughs) Well, what a way to end pro Ross County for some reason. But a massive thank you for listening. We're back. It's a new year. We're very excited. So, obviously, last year was a shit year in terms of society, but it was the year that we restarted, and the support has been incredible. Genuinely mind-blowing. Nowhere near... Sorry, much more than we thought uh, we'd kind of ever get, really. Because, uh, I mean, listen to the quality of this show and you understand why we didn't think many What are you going to say? <laughs> we'd want to listen. You said big fish, little fish, right? For fuck's sake. That's no winning any awards, is it? Yet. Don't even answer that. Don't even answer <laughs> <Yet>. that. <laughs> so... We are Perth to Paisley. You can get us on all the socials at Perth to Paisley. We are on YouTube as well if you want to look at an image when you listen to this as well. Please leave us a review on all, on whatever podcast platform. You can do it on all of them if you want. That'd be class. But your preferred platform of choice, it goes a really, really long way. Adam, where can people get you on social media?
1: Uh, People can get me on socials at Adam T. Kendall. And it's been an absolute delight discussing our dire football team once again so thoroughly enjoyed it mate what about yourself absolutely and
0: i am at mckayver the mark we will be back next week hopefully with football to discuss and talk about but obviously just kind of see what the pattern is with all the current changes please everybody stay safe stay at home if you can thank you to all the people i know um, uh, hearts fan message me actually who listens to the podcast and they work in the nhs So I'm really sorry. I can't remember your name. I feel fucking terrible. But we're glad to help you through it. Keep doing it. We're going to win the league. It's going to be fine. See you next time. Keep the faith. More of the JITs.